Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The energy crisis that is enveloping certain parts of the world. Europe is struggling, and uh, so is China. And there are people who just think that we're going to skate on by here in Canada. We'll have no challenges, no nothing. Everything's going to be fine. We'll just be flip the switch and everything's okay. If you recall reasonably recent history in this country, not all of it, but one area specifically, we'll get into it tomorrow, there were guests on this program as recently as five years ago talking about, in the depth of a Canadian winter, keeping their thermostat at 10 degrees Celsius and wearing snowsuits because they could not afford the electricity bill. It wasn't that they didn't want to pay it. They just couldn't afford it. They didn't have the money. So the poor struggled. Dan McTagg is going to be joining us tomorrow at this time to talk about that and uh, from Canadians for Affordable Energy. So I I read a piece um, the other day, and it was online. And the article was, in Germany, our energy crisis is far worse than yours. And it was written by our guest for unheard.com. That's U-N-H-E-R-D.com. And our guest is Katja Heuer. She's a German Anglo historian, the author of Blood and Iron, The Rise and Fall of the German Empire, 1871 to 1918. And Ms. Heuer joins us from the UK. Um, Ms. Hoyer, thank you very much for, for coming on the program. You you write that Britain and Germany are, quote, staring down the barrel of an energy crisis. Neither country seems to have found a solution to supplying millions of their citizens with reliable, affordable, and sustainable energy. This sounds really serious, really bad. <laughs> it certainly is very serious indeed. Um, hello, Roy. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, yes, in, in the UK, this debate's been going on for quite some time now um, because energy prices have just gone absolutely uh, through the roof here where I live. Um, so last month alone, just in, in the course of one month, they've gone up by 70% gas prices in particular, and the country relies very heavily on that. Um, and they've already, this is on the back of a quadrupling over the course of last year, and it seems to just accelerate. Um, and my point was, um, sort of looking back to my home country of Germany, where I was born, that in fact, there's actually even worse there. Not at the moment, but in the long run, I think, because Germany is, is in my opinion, banking on uh, renewable resources to a point where the situation is getting quite precarious. So are, you're saying that in one month in the UK... Gas prices. Are we talking about natural gas or gasoline? Uh, natural gas. Natural so basically, gas. they use it they because they use it here for um, heating and also to create uh, electricity, for example. So in in terms of electricity, they it's still a lot of it, half of it in the UK still gets produced okay. by burning, you know, fossil fuels for which they in turn need need gas. So it's gas that they burn to create electricity. So everything really depends on it. Yeah, because here in this country we say gas, we mean petrol. <laughs> yeah, I've lived in the UK for too long. My English has been <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, hated so, by that. Yeah, so seventy percent increase in the price of the cost of natural gas in one month, and that was in the summer. Yeah, that was in August. Um, going into October now, it's it's uh, certainly on the same trajectory still. So it's um, yeah, 
a, a desperate crisis and certainly not looking great for the winter. No, and you said it quadrupled four, was it quadrupled in, in no, it's quadrupled four yeah, times. Yeah, over the course of last year. Last year, and I can't say quadrupled four times, that's just silly. It quadrupled, <laughs> it quadrupled last year. So yeah. how, how are people doing? How are people affording uh, the, the, the natural gas, the gas, or are they? Yeah, they aren't really. I mean, this is this is part of the problem now is that the gas prices are just getting to a point where they, they already started on a fairly high level and, and people are really struggling. And the thing is, the government's trying to deal with that by capping energy prices, um, which has meant that a lot of energy companies have gone bust because they simply they are having to, to basically buy the gas in for uh, a higher, much higher price, but aren't actually allowed to pass this on to consumers on the same level, um, only within sort of certain limitations. And that's why a lot of them have gone uh, bust over the last few months as well. And that prime minister with the funny hair says that, <laughs> that, it's, that it's a, quote, short-term problem. Yep. <laughs> and also that the market will fix this. But the idea that the market is going to fix something that is caused by the market strikes me as a little bit tricky. Yeah, we have one of these prime ministers here as well. He says uh, he says budgets balance themselves. It's another Yeah, another I mean the, the logic yeah, the logic seems to be that over time the sort of, you know, forces of the market are going to fix this. But when you think that this is in part at least caused by by higher demand worldwide in particular right. in China, um that problem is only going one way. So I I find it very difficult to see how the market is going to fix something that is indeed caused by higher demand in the market. Yeah, and you're right that while Britain does have some options, they have nuclear plants, which they probably aren't as reluctant to use as the as Germany is, but Germany is facing uh, a resistance to nuclear energy and is facing uh, more stress than even the UK. Is that right, as far as gas supplies are concerned? Yeah, so in the UK, this is being expanded at the moment, nuclear energy, because by and large, the economic... Uh, lobby, sorry, the um, ecological lobbies so or the environmentalists are on side with that. They're fine with that because nuclear power is seen as less uh, damaging to the environment as, as fossil fuels are. But in Germany, um, due to historical reasons, um, you know, where nuclear power and nuclear technology is is basically connected with with nuclear weapon technology. Um, the, the lobby has been very, very strong when Germany is actually phasing out nuclear power altogether ne by next year. So in, in 2022, all of the nuclear plants um, will be shut down, um, which leaves Germany with fossil fuels and uh, renewables. Uh, and, and Mr. Putin's uh, pipeline. Indeed, and that's that's going to be the the issue with that. So at the moment, it's just under fifty percent that Germany uh, is reliant on um, renewable energies, which is fine. So that's actually cut emissions down by by forty two percent from nineteen ninety. So that was good. But the thing is, obviously, with renewables, you're entirely dependent on the weather. So sometimes you've got too much, in which case Germany sells the, the surplus energy in the system. Um, and sometimes there isn't enough, in which case it, it supplies the rest by using fossil fuels and, and natural gas. Um, but if you go, if you push that over the 50 percent because of the way that, you know, the, the nuclear energy gets um, shut down next year, then the reliance on, on gas is going to go up um, just due to the fact that you've got to keep that network stable and the levels in it stable. And if that gas is now coming from Russia mm -hmm. um, and Putin is already playing power games with it, um, I would imagine that that has political ramifications. Yeah, well, I mean, Germany's asking Mr. Putin to supply more more natural gas. And he's saying, of course, we'll do that. We're, you know, we're there for you. 
But then uh, out of the side of his mouth, he says, oh, we want that pipeline to go under the, under the, uh, it's the Baltic, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely Baltic. right. So that's that's nearly finished, um, that Nord Stream 2 pipeline from, from Russia to Germany. Um, but the uh, obviously Germany has just had a, a federal election um, and the new government isn't in place yet. Um, and so it's not entirely sure whether a new government might put new restrictions on that or might uh, put certain conditions on it. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is at the moment, um, Putin is showing Germany and the rest of Europe that he is actually sitting there with the lever in his hand, you know, deciding over whether gas gets supplied or not. Um, and, and the idea is to push, you know, Nord Stream 2 through and make sure it does get completed and, and without any extra conditions to it. Yeah, it gives me an idea for a movie title, A Czar is Born. Um, <laughs> what uh, what about you? Say you mentioned the rest of Europe. How's the rest of Europe doing? Are they struggling as much as the UK and Germany? Yeah, I mean that gas supply does does end in Germany, but it doesn't just as in the pipeline ends in Germany, but it doesn't just supply Germany. It's, it then gets fed into the European network um, and feeds into other countries as well. So there has been significant pressure from the UK, from France, from Germany uh, onto Russia to supply more. Um, gas um, and they've basically just sat there and, and said they, they aren't going to do that so the problem is in a way not just the German one but also a, a European one on the whole the only difference is that the the French and the and the Brits still have their nuclear energy, the, the French in particular also rely quite heavily on that um, and can fall back on that if need be So I mean how are the people of uh, the UK and Germany and the rest of Europe um, dealing with this, what are they saying? How are they? How are they staying warm? Uh, you know, I, like I said, six years ago, we were talking about the province of Ontario, which is the most populous province in Canada, was facing a, a real issue with massively spiking uh, electricity prices, and people were just not able to afford them. So, you know, we have the sense here that well, we're sitting on everything, we're fine. Well, we're sitting on things, we're capping them, we're not selling them. So, how are the people in Europe taking this? Well, I think it will at the moment, I think it's too abstract because it hasn't actually because of the energy caps that governments have put in place, it hasn't actually reached consumers to the point yet. So prices have risen, but within the caps that the governments of each country have allowed. Mm -hmm. But I think in the UK in particular, we had a I don't know if that made the news in in Canada at all, but we had huge problems with uh, petrol supply, as in your gas. (laughs) Uh, supply uh, in the UK where there were huge long um, queues at, at the petrol stations everywhere and people were, couldn't actually fill up their cars so some people couldn't get to work wow. and I think that drove the point home that uh, this is a very real problem that is going to come back to people so political pressure seems to be mounting on the governments now um, where you know ordinary people are also beginning to see that this will be a crisis but I think it will really explode in the winter when, when energy prices will go further. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.